How about that cigar? How about that cigar? <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Drew Estate Cigar Studios for episode 174 of How About That Cigar Live. Thank you so much for watching live on Facebook, live on YouTube. And if you're listening after the fact on the audio podcast, guys, thanks so much for listening to How About That Cigar Live when you drive down the road, when you work out, whatever it is you do, when you listen to your favorite audio podcast. Thank you so much for making us a part of that. And we are here in the Drew Estate Cigar Studios and reminding you about the September 28th Freestyle Live Special Edition broadcast where Drew Estate will unveil an entirely new premium cigar brand and the company is giving consumers the ability to experience it before the formal launch in the upcoming freestyle live event pack and these packs are available now at participating retailers 10,000 of these packs have been prepared each with an msrp of 39 dollars and 99 cents every free freestyle live pack includes three unbanded new premium cigars a three cigar case a cutter with cigar rest and a freestyle live flask each pack also includes a QR code, which the purchaser may use to enter a sweepstakes for a chance to win incredible prizes from a pewter ashtray designed by Subculture Studios, a Gibson Les Paul Dark Limited guitar, and a 2022 Black Dodge Charger. Participating retailers are also automatically entered for a chance to win great prizes. Learn the identity of the mystery cigar by tuning in on September 28th at 7 p.m. Eastern Time, only on Drew Estates Freestyle Live uh, YouTube channel and Drew Estates Facebook page. Find a list of participating retailers at drewestate.com slash freestylelive2022. So, we both had good days yesterday. We did. Um, talk a little bit about, you know, it was, they tried They tried hard to give it away. They did. Uh, <laughs> it's funny, Tom Lazuka. Also, he posted, uh, being a, a diehard Detroit Lions fan, I I, I understand his, you know, uh, being a fan of a team that's rough year after year. Uh, but he posted, you know, uh, basically that Detroit tried to let Minnesota win. <laughs> yeah, it's... It's frustrating when your team's in that position because the Packers have been in that position before too. Yeah. Where like there was a one of the Bears games last season, uh, where we we tried so many the Packers tried so many times to give it away. Uh and it was just kind of a back and forth of mistakes. Yep. Um, but it I was got, a comedy of errors yesterday, and you know, Justin Jefferson uh did relative I mean, he wasn't even targeted. Um not really. Not really. Um, I'm not sure why they're not getting him more included. Yeah. Well, and I mean, the story leading up to yesterday's game was Dalvin Cook wasn't even being fed the rock much at all. And so it was good to see him get a lot more carries this game. That was, you know, that was good. I think it did open up some things. But at the end of the day, it, it was an ugly game on both sides. I was convinced that we were going to allow Detroit to come into our house and, and beat us. But they uh, they put together a last-minute drive and yeah. connected. Yeah, so, it, it was a good ending uh, yeah. for you guys. Um, as far as the Packers go, I was completely blown away. I did not – I expected the Packers going in to play Tom Brady and the Bucks in Tampa Bay. I expected – 
the Packers to lose by tw- 10 to 14 points. Uh, and so I was completely blown. I had no idea that was going to happen. Um, but it was also one of those things where there were so many turnovers. It yeah. was back and forth, uh, you know, and after the Packers had a really good first half, then they completely, I mean, the Tampa defense made some great adjustments and completely shut them down in the second half. Um, and Tampa Bay came back, but there was clock management big time problems with Tom Brady. I mean, I'm Tom, he's fan. He's best ever, but he, you know, wasn't managing the game well, which he usually does a great job of. Um, and there was something interesting. I saw Aaron Rodgers post game interview where he saw something on the jumbotron. I saw a little something about that. And he, I don't know what it was. I don't know if he saw a certain formation in their, in their, uh, what it was, but he went to his coaching staff and told them something about it. And for all we know, the coaching staff already knew about it and was already all over it. I have no idea, but um, it's interesting. The Jumbotron can, I mean, it can bite you if, if you're not careful about what you're putting up on screen, if you're giving things away, but I mean, one way or another, you know, they've got uh, both teams have like what, six, seven guys up in the press box, yep. you know, with, with monitors and binoculars and all this stuff. They, they, I don't think they need Aaron Rodgers looking at the jumbo. Trial. Right. Yeah. But it was, I mean, it was a good win. Uh, it wasn't pretty, but it was, you know, it's good to have a win. Well, like, you know, obviously, you know, not as a um, truly unbiased fan uh, you know, watching the the Packers and and Tampa Bay, I wanted you know I I just wanted to see a good game. Yeah. Um. I was you know because Matt sitting right next to me. I you know I want the Packers to do well, but I thought it was going to be seventeen ten Tampa. That was my call. And it's funny because we were we stopped in and watched the first half of the game at this uh, shop in Chicago, and you know the guys were like, well the you know the point. It, you know, it's 42 points was the, I thought it was going to be a high scoring game. Yeah. I, I thought it was going to be, my guess was 34, 20 Tampa was going to be the final score that didn't play out. I'm okay. No. It didn't play out that way. Yeah. Um, but technically the Vikings are still in first place in the NFC North because the Vikings have two of their three wins. Sorry. Uh, both their wins mm-hmm. are against division teams. So technically Vikings still in first place. Yeah, but I'm not <laughs> you're not you're not holding on hope for, no. for that. No. No. Preseason, I was like Super yeah. Bowl homeboy. <laughs> every and... year. Every year. Super Bowl. Yeah. Uh the twins, there's really nothing to say. Um official uh, as far as I'm aware, officially on paper. The Twins are not 100% mathematically eliminated, but the Twins have nine games left. And I think, if I'm not mistaken, the Twins have to win eight of those nine and have to, and six of those nine games are against the White Sox. And I think we have to win all six against Chicago and two out of the three against Detroit. Uh, I, I mean, it's just not going to, it's not going to happen. Um, and nor do I want it to. Yeah. Cause if it happens, then the twins get a wild card spot and then the twins break their own record 
And then they, in, instead of having 18, the Twins would then have 19 straight playoff losses, which would only beat their own record for the for all of professional sports, not just baseball. Yeah, let's not break That's that fun. record. Let's just finish the season, and you know, then come back next year and hopefully Do it all over again. Hopefully. <laughs> Yeah, I want to be hopeful about it, but it's the Twins. So what are you going to do? Um, uh, some quick news to share. Um, you know, some sad news, unfortunately. Uh, Garrett, if you would. So got a call early this morning um, from Nicole Noble, who is a co-owner of Adventura Cigars, to inform us that at 3 a.m. last night, the... Adventura factory was on fire and it was actually still on fire at that time, but started at 3 a.m. Several hours later, still on fire. And obviously for Adventura, it's, it's devastating, but not only for Adventura, but you've got room 101, Caldwell, um, uh, La Barba, uh, Freud, several other projects that, uh, that factory was, uh, was doing um you know products for so huge loss for several companies um and we uh we don't know what it looks like you know for the next few months we know that some production will be picked up by william Ven uh william ventura's factory uh the el maestro factory just up the road but it'll basically be treading water and we yeah. don't know what that means for some of the fringe projects that they were doing so a lot more to come we should know more next week and uh, i'll get that news to you guys uh next week or yeah you know as we see press releases come out yeah fortunately nobody was hurt yeah nobody was hurt that's the you know that's the the good news also yeah. this time of year is when especially shops in the in the northern states start slowing down um but still uh it's devastating yeah absolutely devastating yeah you never you never like to see anything like that happen and you know hopefully they can get back you know get back up and running as quickly as possible and you know something for us as consumers to remember that you know you go into your favorite shop to order your favorite cigars or find your favorite cigars on the shelf and they're not there there there's usually a, a laundry list of circumstances that go into why you know cigars aren't there so you know, take a breath and don't necessarily be, you know, pissed off at your local shop and don't necessarily be pissed off at your favorite brands. Uh, you know, stuff happens sometimes. So, you know, uh, just think about that next time you see some stock shortages on your favorite stuff that, you know, sometimes there's bigger stuff going on around us than, than we really realize. And uh, hopefully yep. they can get back up and running really quick. Yep, absolutely. So let's do this, ladies and gentlemen, jump into our main event of the evening. And this is episode 174. And as always on How About That Cigar Live, you guys know that special guests are brought to us by our friends at Corona Cigar Company. Corona Cigar Company and CoronaCigar.com, the Internet's largest and easiest to use virtual cigar store. Corona Cigar Company offers the finest handmade cigars, humidors and cigar accessories at the absolute lowest possible price. 
You'll also find unique and limited cigars made with Florida sun-grown tobacco. As a proud American, president and founder of Corona Cigar Company, Jeff Borshowitz knew it was possible to bring cigar tobacco farming back to Florida. At Corona Cigar Company, you'll find the best selection anywhere in the world of cigars containing this special Florida sun-grown tobacco. If you live in Florida or are just visiting, be sure to visit any of the great Corona Cigar locations in downtown Orlando, Sand Lake, Tampa, Lake Mary, and a new location coming soon to Sarasota. To learn more, visit coronacigar.com and floridasungrown.com. All right, guys, if you would please put your hands together and welcome to episode 174 of How About That Cigar Live from Veritas Cigars, Mr. Chris Weber. Welcome to How About That Cigar Live. Thank you guys for having me. Fantastic. So, before we jump in, let us know where you're broadcasting from. It looks like, unfortunately, you're in a hotel room, so you can't <laughs> sneak along with us. But yeah, I'm in a hotel in Midtown Manhattan, uh, just here for the evening, and then I'm going to be heading out to the Smoke and Shields, Smoke and Shields headquarters up in uh, Queens to meet with some friends up there. Okay, uh, we have a project that's going to be announced very closely related to that pretty soon. Oh, very cool! Very awesome. cool. Well, yeah, too bad you can't be smoking with us. I mean. I'd say we'd spring for the cleaning fee, but I don't think either one of us can actually afford the cleaning fee in a in a Manhattan hotel room. So well, I asked about it. I asked <laughs> if I could cover up that smoke detector over there. Yeah. I was solidly told I would be escorted swiftly from the premises. <laughs> so right. I've already been kicked out of one hotel in Vegas. Not gonna do that again. So. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well, um uh, so Garrett, which I don't know which one you fired up. I fired up the Habano. The Habano. Okay, I'm gonna fire up the uh, this beautiful three blend, and I'm gonna do it via our Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust toast can. Toast can. When lighting your cigar, it is important to be patient, pay close attention to detail, and focus on the tobacco. In the same way, Steve Saka brings those same qualities to the ultra premium cigars of Dunbar Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust. Patience, close attention, and focus on the tobacco are the qualities that Saka and Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust have become known for. From Sober Mesa to Umbagog, Dunbarton has a blend that will fit your palate, your mood, and any occasion. Visit DunbartonCigars.com to learn more. Now, Chris, uh, you live in Hawaii. Yes. Um, is that where you grew up? No, no, no. Born in North Carolina, but 90% of my life plus. I uh, grew up in Delaware. Uh, okay. A small town called Hocassin. My father was uh, an executive over at DuPont. Um, so for the first two years of my life, it was North Carolina, Delaware, down to Tennessee, then back to Delaware. But Delaware is pretty much where I'm more Delaware than I am anything else. <laughs> sure. Anytime I think of Delaware, it brings me to... <laughs> yeah, I'm wondering if we're gonna st think the same thing. Wayne's World. Yes. <laughs> I know that's. I know that hurts, Chris. I'm sorry. But that's what's what I think of when I think of Delaware. That is the only Delaware reference <laughs> I have. Fortunate truth is that's what most people equate Delaware with as well. <laughs> oh look, I'm in, in Delaware. Delaware. <laughs> Yeah, I it's and so, it's sad too because there yeah, is so much history. I'm sure in that there's state. A, a lot of amazing history and wonderful things uh in Delaware uh that most of us just are unaware of. Tons and tons. They're boring stuff though. <laughs> yeah. 
So let's get into your origin story. Sure, uh, sure. Going to go a little uh, Wolverine here. <laughs> Do you remember your first premium cigar? Oh, God, yeah. They were the Cohiba Cristals. <laughs> and they came in those little glass tubes. <laughs> I was in high school and I had a fake ID and I was uh, wanting to smoke some because I was on the golf team. So we chose golf as a sport because it was the only sport that would take us off campus unsupervised by anybody. I went to a, a boarding school. So that was a big deal for us. Yeah. Um, they just looked so cool in those glass tubes. So I was like, all right, fuck it. Let's, let's try it out. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. And how did it go? I don't smoke them anymore. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, I guess like it, through the path of just, one becoming a fan of cigars but once i got into the industry kind of really understanding cigars and tobacco more uh i realized that you know just because miller light might bring you to the table you usually end up with something else you know mm -hmm. uh you you find what you like along the way yeah all right so help help us bridge the gap between cohiba crystals and uh becoming enough of a cigar nerd or in love with cigars to want to want to venture out here yeah so uh, high school college first few jobs yeah, we started in 2011 so for us the the venture for veritas wasn't even like i've smoked cigars all along the way and usually they were gifts from somebody else you know i'd go to saint martin with family and i'd buy you know Cubans. I can't really tell you definitively that they're real or not. The guy said they were, uh, not knowing enough to, to know if that was a true statement or not. Um, I enjoyed them. Um, usually the punch or, um, Cohiba Cubans quote unquote. Um, yeah, it, always on the golf course, always with friends after a hockey game. Cause we played beer league hockey. So our games would end at 10 o'clock, 11 o'clock, midnight. So, you know, we'd stay in the parking lot. We'd have a keg and smoke sticks. Um, and then somebody that used to work at a dealership um, that I was affiliated with um, came to me and said he wanted to start the publication. Um, seemed like a trustworthy person. I'd known him for several years at this point. Um, that started... Part of the publication had a cigar event factor around like car shows. Um, and then it became where are we going to acquire all these cigars from? It's kind of dumb to buy them at retail and then mark them up more than they would be at a normal retail price point. So that was the bridging of the gap to why don't we just find a way to make cigars for ourselves for our little events? And then that morphed into let's make cigars. Oh, yeah. Okay. And then, uh, so you decide you want to make cigars. What does that process look like for you as far as finding a factory, working on blends? Kind of bring us through the, the process of what you guys did there. Um, that part of the process, unfortunately. So there were three partners in, in the beginning of Veritas. Uh, Dave Larison, myself, and this aforementioned gentleman. Um, and... Uh, Dave and I had found along the way that the aforementioned gentleman was a little bit less than honest, um, being an understatement. So the point is that Dave and myself were both, I won't call us aficionados. We were fans of cigars. We enjoyed smoking cigars, uh, usually in groups, usually with friends. It was the third gentleman that picked the initial factory that we went through. 
couldn't even tell you a straight story as to how he chose that factory. Um, but we didn't stay there long, to say the least. Um, things started out great. Um, I had been advocating to go down and see the process, go down and see the process, go down and see the process, was shot down on that concept. Um, the factory at the time was more than willing to have us down there, welcome us and all that. Um, the uh, the original person didn't want the, the original third person, who will remain nameless. There's a reason why I'm not dropping his name. Yep. No, that's um, totally yeah, fine. Absolutely. Yep. Um, the um, didn't want to do that for whatever reason. And then, you know, what happens when the cat's away? Mice play and just quality control just started going down. Um, it was around Orlando, IPCPR, when it was still called IPCPR where we met who became my mentor, Carlos Sanchez, uh, he owns the Casa uh, Cigar Factory, SAA, down in Esteli. And he was like, look, I'm going to teach you everything you guys need to know. It, there was a lot of conversation in between. So I'm jumping ahead quite a few steps. Um, mm -hmm. But invited us down, invited us to stay in his house. And he said, look, I'm going to take you to other factories as well. Even if you don't utilize my factory, I, I want you guys to. You're passionate. I can tell that you have passion. I can tell you when to learn you'll at least leave with the knowledge to figure out where you want to make your cigars with. And long story short, we ended up making up, making them with Carlos for a, a very long period of time. He took me under his wing and definitely um, a very, very, very close person to my heart. Very, very close person. Yeah. Isn't much I wouldn't do for the guy. <laughs> so before that, um, even, even kind of going back a little bit of a step, was um did you have another career path in mind like you know when you you're in high school and college you're thinking oh i'm gonna be this i'm gonna be this i'm gonna be this did you have or yeah, was going high school i was committed to being an architect okay um and then i got into architecture school and i found out very quick i am shit at physics which is a large part of architecture yeah. Um, so from an artistic standpoint, I can design a kick-ass place, building or, or whatnot, but probably would fall down when you shut the door for the first time. Um, <laughs> you know, uh, there's a lot of stuff that's in that where that's more my father's bag, like the physics, the science and everything that goes into, uh, goes into the engineering aspect that goes into it. And as, try as I might, I found not only was I not good at that, but I transitioned the business and then marketing became something i well, transitioned into finance management but from my first few marketing classes i realized i love marketing uh, of course this is before what we know marketing to be like today this is just the old tradition i mean God, i'm 39 years old so i'm going way back but now with like um when you're looking at like social media marketing when you're looking at targeted marketing when you're looking at digital marketing none of this stuff existed back then so it's just been a lifelong journey for me on that by no means am i an expert um, I never tried to pass myself off as an expert in, in this field. I'm always constantly learning the same with that. But I was convinced at that point when I went into from architecture to finance management, I was convinced I was going to be like my uncle. I was going to work on Wall Street and I was going to be taking the world by its tail. And I realized I didn't like any of that. I did an internship for one summer and I said, I, I don't want to be around these people. It's nothing against those people from my psyche. I just, I, I can't wrap my head around that. Yeah. Um, so it went into marketing. And then from there, I just did a string of entrepreneurial jobs along the way. Um, 
I used to work in finance for um, ING Direct. Um, so I, I got into finance, even though I, I was not a finance major uh, at the end. But uh, this, I never envisioned I would be here. But I will say that even though I fell ass backwards into this industry, uh, I wouldn't trade it for anything else. I'm very happy with where I'm at. Yeah, that's that's very cool. Now, when you guys first sat down and said, okay, we're going to start putting some blends together, we're going to make a cigar brand. What was the what was the reasoning and the the sort of the vision behind the name and the Veritas cigars? Well, Veritas comes from my high school motto, uh, Veritas sine temore, which means truth without fear. Um, so shortened down to just Veritas. Um, in the beginning, that was kind of unfortunately all Laris, Dave, Mr. Larison and myself were actually kind of involved with was naming. The other gentleman kind of took off with everything else. Um, I can answer this question better for when we gained control of a company, when we decided the direction that now that we had control, where we wanted to go with it. Um, Veritas to me, just, it, it meant something. I mean, every, for every graduating class in my high school, you had to write it though. What does Veritas and HMRA mean for you? Um, so that was our senior essays. And, uh, for us, we knew that we kind of started the wrong way in that we were blending to our, to our palate. What do we like? What do we want to smoke? And you realize quickly that in the world of production, whether it be shirts, whether it be beer, whether you be distilling spirits, whether you be a vineyard, just because you go to what you like doesn't always mean that that's necessarily what everybody else is going to like. That's not to say that we didn't hit some home runs just means to say that it took us some time to learn the perspective of, all right, let's appreciate what's good, whether or not it's something that I would go to daily. Um, so it was learning these little steps along the way. And that's where Carlos, once he took us under his wing, Carlos is a wealth of knowledge and he's probably the most unknown prominent person in the industry that I personally have met. Um, cause he's been around it for 30 years at the time yeah. that we met him. Um, but again, he's like the guy that nobody knows, but I guarantee you smoke something that his factory's made. Mm -hmm. Yeah. So being, you know, uh, that you launched and started this in 2011, correct? 2011. Yeah. June 10th, 2011. We launched. So between 2011 and 11 years later now, how is the, the vision and the, um, the, the focus and the goals of Veritas changed? Well, one of the best pieces of advice that I had ever been given was actually from Jose Blanco, which is always be prepared to learn, always be learning. You're never going to know everything. So I would say that what, what has 11 years brought us, um, we've been able to kind of drill down and focus more where we want to carve our niche out, whether it be a large percentage of this industry, whether it be a small percentage of this industry, figuring out how we want to brand ourselves, how we want to have, um, the depth that we want to go, not just in portfolio, but in profile, uh, but also figuring out what is that profile? What do we want to be great at? Um, when I first went to Nicaragua, when Carlos first invited us down, it was maybe 2012, possibly 2013, I can't recall, um, but went down there and I fell in love with the country, uh, the people, very hospitable, um, hardworking and dedicated. Um, you know, Central American countries I found tend to get a bad rap and uh, erroneously. So, you know, it's easy to make them the, bunt, the blunt, uh, the butt end of the joke. 
um, whenever you're in your whatever social circles. But when you're down there and you're realizing these people are just very dedicated to the craft. So that being said, I had known from that point that eventually I wanted us to open up our own factory. Um, and Dave and myself, Mr. Larison, we, we were on, we were on the same page with that. We had differing timelines. He's a little bit more conservative, fiscally conservative. So he wanted the plan and the process mapped out. I was very gung ho. He won and rightfully so. And thank <laughs> God that he did, uh, because God knows if we'd even be here today, if it, if it had gone my way, but I just got very energetically and passionate into it. And I, I wanted to, I wanted to experience that. And Carlos had no problem knowing that that was something that I wanted to do. And he would help prepare me with what, not to make the same mistakes he had made. Um, not to say that I didn't make mistakes. Uh, I made my own and, and new mistakes, but he wanted to make sure that I understood, all right, step one, step two, step three, and climb the ladder rather than try and step a step and fall down the ladder. Um, so that that's what 11 years has brought us, is trying to get from where we were to where we are now. And now where we are now, it's also learning that there's other stuff that we want to do, you know, like acquiring land to, to grow tobacco and start experimenting with that, mm. uh, not just for selling the tobacco, but for utilizing it ourselves, getting into like the science aspect of it. Um, you know, that's more or less where my father's expertise is, not so much in uh all things organic um but understanding that you could you know do a lot of crazy stuff if you start fucking around with seeds mm -hmm. yeah it's uh, the horticulture end of it blows my mind i mean i could barely i could barely even wrap my head around the first third of it mm -hmm. oh for sure i could kill a cactus i'm the first person to that. <laughs> God, i have and done killed cactuses not on purpose just yeah too much water not enough water <laughs> yeah cactuses barely need any um, but it's it's understanding the um, what you need to look for and a person to help you along that path. And it's uh, it's a resume, a CV that's full, chock full of not just science aspect, but all things. Um, you know, there's some organic chemistry in there as well. Um, and having found the person that we will be working with in, in that endeavor is just that next step. And I never would have thought that that's where it went. I never would have thought that I would have liked to do that i thought i always would have been content with well let's just control our production and then it became all right well we can control other aspects of the supply chain as well so what would 2022 chris go back and tell 2011 chris oh great question <sighs> yeah be patient okay. okay yeah i mean it I could give a long explanation and it would never be as succinct as that is that it's good to be passionate. It's good to have energy. It's definitely, it's perfect. If you can like what you do, be patient, make sure that you're understanding the steps you're going to take, not just what the steps going to take, why you're going to take it and how you take that step. Um, 2011 Chris was very gung ho. Um, you know, I'm glad we did. We've made mistakes along the way. Thank God they weren't expensive mistakes, but they very easily could have been. Um, so patience is the key. Uh, un having a little bit of understanding goes a lot farther than having a lot of passion. Okay. Um, now for, for our viewers and listeners that aren't familiar with Veritas cigars, you know, I'm like we said before, I'm smoking the three blends, uh, which is, you know, it's just like it says, it's barber pole with uh, what looks to me to be San Andreas 
Ecuadorian Habano and Ecuadorian Connecticut. Did I get that right? Pennsylvania Broadleaf, but everything is correct. Pennsylvania Broadleaf. Um, and then Garrett is smoking the Torch Habano. Yep. Um, and then Ecuadorian Habano. Um, so then we've also we've got the the Torch Maduro, which is uh, San Andreas. Mm-hmm. And then the Connecticut is that Ecuadorian grown Connecticut. That is that is as well. And the interesting part is that the wrappers on the Torch Connecticut and Habano and the wrapper on the 412 are the same wrappers that we use on three blends. Oh, okay. So nice. kind of tied part of that in together. Nice. <laughs> um, so for you know, for the the cigar lovers out there who um you know see your brands out there and want to get to know your brands kind of as a smoker, what can they, what can they expect out of those blends? Um, you know, give them a little precursor. So we like to be on that medium to medium plus the full. Um, and, um, everything even down to our Connecticut has a little bit of a bite. So 412 is definitely our, on, on our full body end of the spectrum. Three blends would be in that, excuse me. Um, Torch Connecticut would be on the opposite end in that probably a good solid medium for as far as Connecticut goes. Uh, three blends is a cornucopia of flavor that just kind of shows and profiles and showcases what it is that we can do. But we, we like to be on that more artisan, artisanal side of things. So we like to pride ourselves on calling ourselves an artisanal um, uh, profiled company in that meaning we focus on quantity over quality. Not to say that that's what other people do, but it's that age-old adage. I, I, excuse me, quality over quantity. Um, we focus on the quality and consistency within our blends and in our construction of our cigars. Yeah, and I'm curious. Um, you know, there's sometimes, uh, and it's really mainly us cigar nerds that really kind of go crazy for it. But we, you know, the discussion comes up. You know, Pennsylvania broadleaf versus Connecticut broadleaf. So. To, I'm curious why um, Pennsylvania, you chose Pennsylvania instead of Connecticut. Was it a sourcing thing or was it a taste thing or was it both? It's far more arbitrary than that. Okay, okay. Uh, so 412 is the area code for Pittsburgh, which is where my family is from. Okay. So I wanted to have as much Pennsylvania in the cigar as we possibly could. Literally the it. reason why. Um, I love it. And when Carlos uh, heard me say that, he went right over, called in a huge favor, and got us, which I'm, I, I can't say it, but the guy's one of the more prominent growers down there. But he got us Pennsylvania Broadleaf, and there's a Pennsylvania Filler, some Pennsylvania Viso. Oh, we experimented with Pennsylvania Lajero. I, I just did, it didn't take it where I wanted it to go, so it is Lajero Esteli. Um, but uh, that was the reason for that. I have nothing against Connecticut Broadleaf personally. Um, for us, it's been harder to source in that you know, we're on the low end of the totem pole as far as factories go. We're one of the smaller factories in Esteli. We're growing, but you know, we're by no means, you know, pick a name, you know, uh, that everybody knows. Uh, so it's, it's, it's kind of equally as difficult to source both Pennsylvania and Connecticut broadleaf. We don't have a blend with Connecticut broadleaf yet. It's not to say that we would never use it, and I'm not adverse to using it. But what I like about Broadleaf is like the depth and the earthiness, the toothiness that comes along in that wrapper. Um, and it allows me, at least, when I screw around with stuff at the factory level, to get – because um, I'm a full-body guy, and I like full spice. So I like 
full body. I like full flavor. Um, and I like a lot of spice that goes behind it. So you can get really kinky with the binder and filler combinations in that broadly, if I find almost, it doesn't dull it, it doesn't mute it, but it ties everything together so that you're not just burning out your palate. It, it, it's like putting caramel on a habanero pepper. You can enjoy mm -hmm. it. Yeah. Mm. I like that. Kinky. <laughs> I like that a lot. Um, we have fun. <laughs> absolutely. What about, um, you know, as, how are things going as far as um, coverage and shops? How many shops are you in in the U.S.? And do you have, have you dabbled at all in outside of the U.S.? Uh, like I told Garrett at the um, PCA, I think it was. Mm -hmm. um, we're still in that like 80 to 90 range um, nationwide. We have dabbled in the foreign market and we're probably going stronger into that now than we ever have uh, before. We found the appropriate person to be kind of our front man um, over in Europe. Because, um, I mean, look, sales is a, a full-time job. If I only ever approached Europe three to four times a year, what, what can I ever expect to accomplish? So we wanted to take the perspective and, and the process where having somebody that's in Europe, that's in the industry, has been in the industry that can bridge a few gaps for us, but at the same time, be that person all the time. Um, and we found that uh, we met up at PCA and executed everything and it's begun. Um, outside of Europe, uh, we've dabbled in Asia. Historically, Asia is just a very finicky market, usually because of taxes. Um, the smaller you are, the harder it is. Because if you're not Fuente, you know, okay. nobody knows you. Right. Uh, specifically, like in Japan, that's that's a big problem where boutiques could do great if they had presence. But everybody knows Fuente. Everybody knows Padron. Everybody knows Oliva. You know, and these are all great cigars made by great manufacturers with lots of legacy. So there's that name recognition that goes along with it. Uh, the other reason why we wanted somebody full-time in Europe was to help solidify not and build our brand recognition, but also build brand loyalty on a day-to-day -day basis. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Is there a geographical hotspot for your, for your brand? Oh, for us, it's definitely Western Pennsylvania. It goes without saying. Um, Pittsburgh was the first market we went into. Leaning House Fine Cigars in Belle Vernon was the first cigar to shop that ever picked us up, sight unseen. Um, and, um, well, I shouldn't say sight unseen. He saw us at the IPCPR, um, <laughs> but uh, definitely that was that. That's our our hotspot for us. And uh, Pittsburgh, being what it is, it's just I've always loved seeing the Pittsburgh cigar market grow because it's grown by people that have passion for sticks, cigars, blends, manufacturers where they don't get tied down to one thing. They have a diverse cornucopia. Off, um, offering and every single shop helps one another. Like if somebody's out of League of Nine, but this person's got, you know, um, Rothschilds, hey, I need Rothschilds. Well, I need League of Nine. They'll literally drive it over to each other's shop. Mm. Uh, I'm not, it's not to say that it doesn't happen in the markets. I notice it more probably because I pay attention to that market more, but Pittsburgh's been a, a solid market for us since 2011 on. So nice. And it's what my family's home. So, I have a soft spot for it. Yeah. Yeah. I can tell you that that it, 
that depends on markets because there are some that absolutely uh, do that. And then there are some that absolutely do not do that, you know, but uh, I think there are more shops that are willing to help out than not. Uh, that's the other part I like about this industry is it's like the last romance based industry where, I mean, it's not to say everybody gets along, right? You know, some people love me, some people hate me, some people are indifferent, doesn't really matter. But overall, as a whole, if I need something, I can usually get it. If somebody needs something, I'll usually get it. You know, it's name another industry where it's like that. Most are cutthroat. Yeah. Quite literally sometimes. I was uh, lucky to go on the road with Mickey Pegg for a while. And uh, one of his famous sayings that he, he said over and over again was rising tide lifts all ships. And uh, that is absolutely true in the cigar industry. Very, very wonderful to see that. I'm just writing down what you said: we, r- the last romance-based industry. I, I that that phrase just—I'm enamored with that phrase. I love it. I'm writing. I'm literally writing it He's down. He's gonna write a song. It's gonna be beautiful. It'll make. So that's cry. like the they always said like the Scotch and whiskey industry were they exactly the same way, and you find out they're every bit as petty as anybody else. Of course, it's not to say there's not pettiness here, but. This is truly one of the last industries where you have something that's grown by hand every aspect of the way. The yeah. cigars planted, the, the seeds planted by hand. It's picked by hand. It's sorted by hand. It's hung up in the curing bars by hand. It's fermented over and over and over by hand. You know, 300 hands, I think they say, that mm-hmm. is how many hands touch that before it ever reaches a retail. Yeah. Um, there's some romance to that because we're so, you know, situated on these damn things that we've lost touch with reality and for me as a person that suffered with ADD his entire life I, I found that I'm more focused when I'm talking about cigars learning mm. about cigars going through a process of a blend it's not to say that I am the blender I work in collaboration with people that are much more knowledgeable at my factory because and it's understanding that that's the best way I'm going to learn so you don't see that in many industries anymore it's about cutting corners making it cheaper and making it faster we don't yeah, absolutely yeah absolutely so you mentioned carlos a couple times already um and you know when it there's there's so much mentorship in this that's another part that i love about this industry there's a lot of mentorship you hear from everybody across the industry from people who have massive legacy brands who talk about their mentors all the time to people who have smaller brands like yourself that talk about their mentors. Uh, so aside from Carlos, can you, can you give us a couple other names of people who have mentored you either in cigars or the business aspect, even one of the best salesmen I've ever met in my life, who I'm happy to still call a friend to this day was at that same dealership where I met the other gentleman, the Earl main taught me a lot about it's not a sale. It, this isn't sales. This is client relations. This is consumer relations. It's rela- It's truly relationship management. Um, you know, it's you get in what you, you you take out what you put in. If you put in nothing, you can't expect to take anything out. Um, so it's building those established relationships. Um, Jonathan Drew has fortunately, I mean, talk about a guy that came from there and boom, just shot off the fucking uh chart when it came to just growth with a with a brand um he's been able to be somebody that if i needed some advice and there's been some hard times along the way for us where you know i'll be honest there uh, sometimes we just kept beating our head against the wall and wondering all right what 
what the hell are we doing wrong? I, you know, I know Einstein's definition of insanity, <laughs> but what do I change? Um, and, you know, it's not that he said, well, do this. It's just sometimes the conversations you need to hear from somebody that's been there. Yeah. That, and, and it's not just been there, but overcame all every aspect of obstacle we can possibly think of. Um, when we worked with James Brown over at Black Label, I really appreciated taking what I learned from Carlos, but then seeing how somebody like him approached the entire process to just blends. You know, he's the Broadleaf King for a reason. The guy's mm -hmm. got the fucking Midas touch with Broadleaf. I love it. You know, mm -hmm. um, being able to um, learn from people like that. So, I mean, if I was to pick the top three in this industry that I would say, look, I, Carlos would be one. Eric Espinosa and, and Jonathan Drew would be a tie for, well, I guess it would tie for second, but I guess you would technically call that three. Um, but those are guys that if I call, just pick up the phone and I just need some advice or bounce an idea off of somebody, you know? Yeah. Um, and, and I like that in this industry. It's not everybody, of course. Um, but even if it's, that's competition. The fact that yeah. they would even take the call and actually give me what I believe to be heartfelt and honest uh, opinion and advice, well, that speaks volumes to someone like me. Yeah, I like that. And we've heard those names before, other who oh, yeah. you know who have also gotten good advice from those same those same individuals you mentioned, and that you know that's just speaks to their character. That, and you want to you want to be in a position where someday you can you can do the same thing for somebody else. You know, oh, that, and that, that would be my ultimate goal. Going. Yeah. Pay it forward. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. So is, oh, is it time? Oh, I think it is. Is it time? It is time. Uh, it is now time for this week's Numero de los Muertos. And as always, Numero de los Muertos brought to us by our friends at Smoke In. de los muertos episode 174 garrett what do you have for us this week well we're going story Ooh, the story time yeah i wish i had like a little cutesy music to play for story time but okay. i don't so well we'll <laughs> that's all right that. yeah yeah um so this week is going to be fun in 1911 a 63 year old tennessee man died because he did this so specific wow this one's different this one's different um all right so chris you and i are going to play 20 questions along with our viewers uh in the comments to see if we can so in 1911 yes a tennessee man yes died yes doing this yep so we have to name the activity correct one guy correct Tennessee, 1911. Um, uh, moonshining. Oh, you're close. Oh, really? Well, you're you're in the right. 
you're in the right uh, industry. I'll say that. Distilling. So, <clears throat> well, you're getting close to the person. Oh, there was a that we want to name the person. I mean, that'll come out, but um, and that's actually irrelevant to how he died. So moonshining is not. Um, he was kicking his safe. Was that it? Yes. <laughs> he was so safe. He was what? Well, Chris, you clearly know the story. Oh, God. It's only because a buddy of mine just moved to Hawaii from Rochester, and he told me the story. It was Jack Daniels. Yes. Um, Kicked his safe because he couldn't get the door shut. Yeah. And then he kicked his safe. I want to say he caught, he broke his foot or something. It caught gangrene. He never yeah. treated it and he died of gangrene, like blood. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That is yeah, accurate. Jack Daniels died. <laughs> That's exactly right. And I had never heard that story. Holy shit. And I read that this week. And wow. And I love that you, you knew the story. So that is. I fantastic. just heard the story like three weeks ago for the first time ever. It was very interesting. You figure like, uh, cause they say Jack Daniels died from a safe, but it's not really from a safe. There was like, yeah, it was it's, it's a very romantic story about the entire process <laughs> of exactly what happened. And he wasn't even supposed to be there that day. It was because the guy who was like his second in command was late. Right. Yeah. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. So he broke his, he broke his toe. He got gangrene. Yep. He never got it treated. Yeah. Never said it. And yeah, but gangrene just took him. Yeah. Yeah, I had to Not Google that one after the fact to see if it was bullshit, and it was complete facts. Yeah, wow. and uh, to answer your question, uh, Tom, no, not a record. Uh, that record goes to Rob Gagne from Bovida. Yeah, still, it, Rob Gagne gave the correct answer almost before the last word of the question came out of Garrett's mouth. Yeah. And it was a total guess, by the way. It was a blind guess that that Rob threw out, and and it boom, it was so. But Chris, very, that very, was that was close. Yeah, ah, close is good. Wow. Absolutely, that was great, man. So, the lesson this this week is if you uh, if you get a, a wound of some type, get it treated right away. Exactly. <laughs> there you go. Uh, so that was, I love it. I love it. That was this week's Numero de los Muertos. All right. So let's jump into the lightning round brought to us by our friends at J.C. Newman Cigar Company. They are America's oldest family owned premium cigar maker, creators of the popular Brick House. Perla Del Mar, Diamond Crown, and the American J.C. Newman Cigar Company operates out of their 112-year-old El Relo Cigar Factory in historic Cigar City, Tampa, Florida. For more information on their cigars or their visitor experience, please visit jcnewman.com. All right. So, Chris, if you could hear the thoughts of one living person for 10 minutes... Who would it be and why? Uh, Bill Burr. Oh! Guy, he just has a straight line to my funny bone. He seems like a sociopath. Just, and I love it. I love every minute of it. I love that guy. Bro. And he, 
he's the comedians that I love the most are the ones who will make fun of anybody. Everybody. Everybody, anybody doesn't. He will. He will pick apart anything, mm -hmm. and he picks apart himself mm -hmm. in the pro. I love it. I love that guy. Love, love that Bill guy. Burr. Um. All right. If you were about to get into a fight, what would your soundtrack music be? I mean, Pittsburgh, something Renegade. There. <laughs> Renegade before every Steelers song, and I might not even have the appropriate oh, name yeah, for, yeah. The, for the song, but yeah, that song. don't even yeah. know who sings it. All right, um, all right, so choose one of the following you could hit a home run as a starting pitcher, you could score a touchdown as a defensive lineman, you could score a goal in a hockey game as the goalie, or you could score a goal in a soccer game as the goalie. Hockey goalie. I've played hockey. hockey I, so I, I figured you were a hockey guy, so yeah. <laughs> and yeah, I, I assume that you're that you're Steelers, Penguins, pir Pirates across the board. Fuck the Pirates. The oh, <laughs> oh, wow. Penn Steelers. God, I, I, I growing up when I played Little League, we were always Pirates fans. And like new ownership is just content to collect CBA money. Yeah, and do nothing with the team. They're they're dead to us as a family. So we we gave up our season tickets to the Pirates a long time ago. Okay, did you give up on baseball altogether, or did you get a new team? Not so much. I don't know. Baseball for me, it's like baseball was one of those sports. And I, I can appreciate the sport, but I really had the passion for it when I was playing little league. Yeah. And when I stopped playing with the league, I just it just gradually dissipated. I enjoy going to a game. I enjoy having a dog and a beer and being there with friends. Um. But just sitting there and watching a game, thank God PNC Park has pool tables and a whole bunch of like an arcade inside the stadium. <laughs> but like hockey, as a person that I don't play anymore because last concussion and broken neck was pretty much the, the, the end of uh, my beer league days. But yeah. I skate and I do free skate. Um, but hockey is just for me, I could sit there and I don't even have to be a, at a Pens game. It's just there's something about smelling the ice for me. Mm -hmm. And just the action, constant, nonstop. Yeah. Um, so, you know, pens, I'll never give up my tickets. Steelers, yeah. I'll never give up my tickets, even though they suck balls this year. <laughs> well, it, every team does from time to time. Oh, yeah. So, well, the unfortunate part is we had to lose in Cleveland abysmally. <laughs> that, was a, that was a very sad, depressing Thursday night. <laughs> yeah. All right, Chris. The zombies are coming. You get to choose three industry people to be on your zombie apocalypse survival team. Who are your three people? In the industry. In the industry. Yeah. Carlos. He's a very, yeah. He's an accomplished hunter and fisherman. So hunter gatherer. We're good there. There you go. Yep. AJ, because he's a farmer. Love it. And an amazing farmer at that. I think it'd be cool hanging out with Eric too. <laughs> I'd see Eric Espinosa just for conversation. Yeah. <laughs> well, Absolutely. plus, plus he's, he's pretty strong guy. He could probably, oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah that, that as well. But you know, you're probably going to die in a situation like that. You might as well go out with people that can entertain you. Yes. 
Love it. I love it. All right. So let's jump into this week's Notable Smokable. Notable Smokables brought to you by Luciano Cigars. Notable cigars, notable passion, notable purpose. Uh, So, Chris, each week on the show, we each name a cigar that we smoked recently that was notable to us. Now, it could be a cigar that's been on the market for decades that we smoked for the first time in a long time. Or it could be a cigar that is new to the market that we smoke for the first time ever. Obviously, you're mostly smoking your own stuff. But if you get a chance every once in a while to jump outside of your portfolio, is there anything you had recently that stood out? Actually, there's a shop here in uh, in New York in Bayside, um, Harry's Havana Hut. And he started putting out all these, uh, and, and Harry and I, fuck, I love Harry. Harry loves me. We're, that fucking cocksucker. <laughs> That's he's like, come talk. on, baby. Yeah. <laughs> um, but oh he's been gosh. putting out these different projects with different, um, like uh, one-offs with different manufacturers. And I smoked the No Free Ride, um, which has a picture of the New York Metro ticket on it. Um, and I really enjoyed that. So I went back and bought uh, a few more the other day. Um, but, uh, if I was to choose a manufacturer that I've been having something, uh, of recently, I- I've always been an Illusion fan. So my humidor always has at least, at least a box of something there. And it was the 33s, which is, mm-hmm. I realized doesn't necessarily hit my profile, but that, that Vitola, that size, uh, just something really, uh, close to my heart on that one yeah. so whenever i see a box of those anywhere in any store i buy the entire box regardless yeah. of how many are left because it's just so damn hard to find but you know dion's one of those guys i look up to that i have no relationship for no other reason than you know just never had the time to spend any long conversation with him but i look at that guy and that guy is rain man of tobacco without being rain man <laughs> he knows yeah everything like I, I appreciate anybody in this industry that can think the blend and then just know it's going to be a home run yeah and i would say that he does that at least nine times out of ten yeah i'm hard pressed to pick a bad illusion i don't even think yeah. I could. uh real quick to uh go into just a the rabbit hole for a second harry everybody needs to meet this guy <laughs> <laughs> Everybody needs to meet this guy. So uh, Adrian Acosta brought me in uh, to to meet with him, and we go there, and they're calling each other cocksucker and motherfucker. <laughs> and <That's scary. laughs> he knew that I was from the Midwest, and he didn't want to offend me. So he's like, "One, well, I can't call you a cocksucker because I don't know you." I was like, "What do you mean? I'm a cocksucker. <laughs> I can be a cocksucker." <laughs> and so then uh, I I too was. Uh, was in the club but uh that that guy is fantastic uh love him wonderful energy if you're in the newark area you have to go and see harry at harry's Savannah hut bayside cool. queens gotta yep. go gotta yeah i gotta i gotta get the east coast one of these days it's been way too long since i've been been out that way so uh my notable uh matt and i took a trip down to indiana to commemorate or I should say celebrate the, the life of a friend that uh, we lost way too soon a year ago and uh, got to smoke a cigar from his stash, which was a uh, JSK Red Knight. No, that was the, uh, uh, the, the Cernanach Salomon. Yep, that's what it was. I thought it was a Red Knight Salomon, but no. Yeah, Cernanach. Yeah. 
Yep. Solomon. And, uh, just, a uh, very, uh, emotional, uh, time smoking one of his cigars that, um, he had had and, uh, a beautiful, uh, beautiful time down there with friends and family of, uh, Tim suit camp. So, yeah. Um, yeah, that was my notable smokable for sure. Yeah. And that it's high on my list uh, also, but just for the sake of not choosing the same thing on the trip back yesterday, we stopped at Vic's shop in Chicago and I'm sorry, remind me the name of the shop. Norwood Royal. Thank you. Norwood Royal. Uh, and uh, beautiful humidor. I, I had seen pictures of it. I finally got to walk through the humidor and it's endless. It's it's great selection. And, uh, you know, saw a cigar that I uh, enjoy on a regular basis and picked one up. And that is the Sober Mesa Brulee Blue uh, from Steve Saka, uh, Dunbarton Tobacco and Trust, and picked one of those up. Smoked it this morning with my coffee. Never disappoints. Very nice mild blends uh so that was my notable smokable of the week and that was this week's notable smokables brought to you by luciano cigars improving lives through fine cigars visit luciano cigars.com to learn more so coming attractions for the week or for the <laughs> next few weeks actually brought to you by our friends at aj fernandez AJ Fernandez now produces unparalleled premium cigars in Esteli, Nicaragua. The AJ Fernandez portfolio of cigars provides a blend, strength, and flavor profile to match the preferences of any premium cigar consumer. Whether it's New World, Dias de Gloria, San Latano, Enclave, or Bayas Artes, you are sure to be satisfied with a premium cigar from AJ Fernandez. So, coming up next week, I cannot believe it's October already next week. Oh my gosh, I know. Um, so on the 3rd of October, we have Miguel Chaudel from Crown Heads Cigars. And then the week after that, on the 10th, we're going to be on the road. How about that cigar? We'll be live at Tobacco Grove in Maple Grove, Minnesota, talking to Jeff Hogan and the team, hopefully some other team members yeah. from Crux Cigars. Uh, just have a nice sit down herf over at Tobacco Grove and yep. chill for a while and enjoy some great cigars. Uh, so we're looking forward to that. Always love visiting with those guys. Um, so, Chris, if you would, please give our viewers and listeners an idea. Where is the best place for them to, first of all, find out where they can buy your cigars and then follow you guys on social media, stuff like that? Um, as far as uh, our website, we're currently you know, adding and in, in in retrofitting out our uh, shop list. Um, so that's a work in progress. Unfortunately, it's taking us much longer than we've ever wanted it to do. But, you know, as you being busy is better than not. Yes. Um, so uh, VeritasCigars.com is the website. Uh, Veritas Cigars is our um, Instagram as well. Um, constantly posting there, interacting with anybody that messages us. It's either myself or, or Joe, our social media manager. Um one of the best places, and I always give them a shout out whenever I'm on something like this, uh, is uh, Dave Pushkabitz over at Leaning House Fine Cigars in Belburn in Pennsylvania. He supported us from day one, carries everything, and he ships. He's not the only one, but, you know, Pittsburgh holds a place in my heart, and I always remember the first guy that ever, you know, mm -hmm. gave us our first dollar, and that's Dave, and I'll forever be grateful for that. Yeah, fantastic. Awesome. Um, well, Chris, man, thank you so much for spending time with us tonight and teaching us about your brand. Of course. Uh, you know, it's, uh, you know, you're, you're 11 years in, but 
but man, we just we're excited for what you have going on and excited for the future and, and look forward to talking to you again. Oh, of course. I appreciate it. We got a lot of stuff in the works. Um, factories constantly expanding. I mean, pay attention. We'll be here. We might not have something that fits your palate, but it's always going to be fun to meet you guys along the road and talk when we're out and about. Absolutely. Awesome. Thank you, Chris. Thanks, Chris. So for our viewers and listeners, guys, thank you so much for watching again tonight on episode 174. Uh, thanks for being with us on YouTube. If you're on YouTube right now, click the big, beautiful red subscribe button, if you would, please, and leave a comment on the video. Uh, if you're on Facebook, uh, make sure to click on the like button on the Facebook page and uh, follow us so you don't miss any new content. Um, if you guys have questions for us, you can email us right on the website, howaboutthatcigar.com. Uh, find us on all your favorite audio podcast platforms. Uh, and, of course, uh, well, also, and follow us on all social media at HBT Cigar. And, of course, until we see you guys next time, burn cigars, not bridges. Thanks, guys. Thanks, everybody.